4,000 feet uh, speed, uh, 180 knots, one double jingle. It's Natalie Flygirl Kelly and Fly Alyssa. And we are here for a recap episode. We're going to talk about Erin Miller's um, previous episode. She, uh, and I've, I've been thinking about this podcast and I have all kinds of like flashback memories coming up, but hopefully you have subscribed and you have listened to Erin's podcast. If you have not, go back and listen to it. She's done a lot of interesting things, uh, all kind of a um, involving aviation, history, uh, laws. I mean, all these things that, that are very interesting and fascinating to me. So, I am looking forward to chatting with Alyssa about uh, what she thought about Aaron and um, recapping some of the things that um, come to mind when I think about Aaron. Welcome to this episode of Cockpits and Cocktails. Yeah. I was working on the teaser yesterday for... Oh. Aaron's uh, podcast thing, and which is always good, I think, because sometimes you forget kind of what y'all talked about, you know, when you're in the midst of a conversation. Right. You kind of forget it all. Yeah. And I think that was such a great episode um, or recording. She, I mean, she's inspired so many. And just to, just to put all of her time and effort into her grandmother's wishes, and it turned out to be this. Thing that is so much bigger and, you know, turning it from, you know, her, you know, being able to bury her grandmother um, in Arlington to, you know, the day that it actually happened to being such, being something so profound to so many people. I think it's very selfless of her to have just given all of her time and effort to this, the wasp. Right. Well, when I had said it was interesting how it fell into her lap, because really, if she had been married and had a family and kids and I mean, the scenario was just set up where she could dedicate time to it. You know, Absolutely. not many people just given everything to that. And with her knowledge and her background, like, I, I think it was just set perfectly you know, yeah, like, what do you call it? Manifest destiny. It was like just meant to be that that was yeah. her project that she was going to take on. And if you did not listen, um, Aaron Miller is, um, well, she's an attorney. She lives in Washington, D.C. Her grandmother was a wasp. She had passed away and her wishes were to be buried at Arlington. But because the wasp weren't really recognized as service members, they were not allowed to be buried there. So she and her family fought and actually had a law passed that would allow the wasp to be recognized and buried at Arlington. And then she wrote a book about her whole experience. Yeah, I can't wait to get a hold of that book. I have not read it yet, Um, but I think there's going to be a lot in that just to give you the more finer details of how it all unfolded and um, more about the wasp. And like, I think, we had done some trivia things before, um, so I knew a little bit about the wasp, but I didn't really know, not having grown up in aviation or known the history of it. And I think now it's like I've, I, I even have like searched, you know, wasp facts and stuff right. now, just because it's so amazing that you know there were thirty to forty wasps 
that were, you know, in training that were, um, they were killed in training, but they were never recognized by the military or, you know, and their, their families, you know, they paid to get to training and they paid to get home from training. Like the military did not do that for them, you know? And so it's just kind of a different time period and, you know, how they paved the way for female aviators and we have yeah. so much to thank them for, I guess. Right. Well, I have to admit, I didn't know much about the WASP either until I got into aviation and I mean, I knew a little bit, but getting to know Erin and meeting her kind of forced me to learn a little bit more or it propelled me into that kind of world. And once I got into it, I loved it. Right. It's like, I want more. I want to know more. I want to um, learn more about it. And one of the things well, my mother knew quite a bit about the wasp, we, there was a prominent family in Nashville and there was a wasp. Her name was Cornelia Fort. And she, I had, it was just someone that I'd heard about growing up. She was a wasp, but kind of what I learned and what I gathered were a lot of the wasps were mostly from at least middle income, better, like more well um, upper class people, because those were the women that actually had the money to go do these flight training things. And they didn't really, I wouldn't say need to be paid, but they obviously they weren't making a lot of money working at this job and it was something that you know they were able to do really which is great because they were a little more wealthy and more well-to-do yeah I think it's kind of an interesting thing because that time period too like you know these well-to-do women yes they did know how to fly but it also was a period where you went to school but then you got married and you had children like you weren't meant to go into the workforce and this kind of pushed women to help in this situation so that they could go more to the front lines, but to send your daughter off to work, you know, to fly for the military, that's just kind of bizarre. And I've read a few like fly girl and I've read, um, a few different books about, you know, this time period and women flying. And it's just kind of crazy to hear their stories and how they were kind of not a rebel in their family, but just different. And I think both you and I probably resonate with this. Like once you fly, it's just, you kind of have this different feeling about yourself and empowerment. And that's why we both do this and, and life really. I mean, it just kind of changes your perspective on things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these women, you know, went off to college and because that's what well-to-do people did. And I'm not saying they were all well-to-do, but, there is that's kind of when they kind of got the bug probably for aviation. I'm sure their families thought they were going to college and they were going to find a well-bred man to marry and take care of them. And that was not the plan for them to get into aviation. (laughs) Yeah, The thing I think once you realize that you're, you're so you're changed, you know, and I think a lot of women in that period too, that did learn how to fly, Maybe their families knew, but I, I know of a few that kind of were off away at school and did it like on the side and didn't really tell their families and, you know, and then all of that. So it's just, it's awesome to see that they kind of paved the way for women. Yeah. In yeah. I, so. I also thought, you know, remember when she said, and a lot of people did this too, when it was over, 
And um, her grandmother just, you know, went back to life and never flew again, raised her family and everything. There were a lot that went on to become like instructors and stuff, but then a lot that's kind of what happened. It was just done. It's normal life. This was just a period. This is just a, you needed to help. And so you helped, you did your duty and now you go home and you be a wife and a mother and all of those things again. And, you know, she talked about how her grandmother wouldn't talk about flying or things, but really that, that wasn't her sole existence, you know? And, and I don't know if, you know, she kind of talked about how her grandmother never gloated about, you know, being a part of this or being, you know, it, it just was a fact that she was right. a wasp. It wasn't yeah. that she went around telling everybody, oh, well, I was a wasp. And, you know, it was just like. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of would have been weird if she had because no one really knew what it was. Right. And been like, yeah. what? You flew airplanes? I don't believe that. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Right. Or they'd be like, women aren't supposed to be doing that or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, it's just interesting to see, like, how that all, you know. I know. Works. I wonder what, you know, today, like, if I, someone said that I, I was just like, that part's done. You can't do that anymore. Now, it's a different time period. But, you know, that had to be really hard for a lot right. of them. And then a lot okay. of them were probably, that's kind of because life was so different then like it was a duty and so many people thought that's just a duty and now I did my part and now I do what I'm supposed to do and take care of my family and and so it's just really interesting to think about what that must have been like yeah it just kind of came to my mind this is kind of off topic but kind of on topic um, I went to NASA last year and I met an astronaut when I was there cause they do these little like talks at NASA. And at the end of it, I wanted to talk to the guy cause I was like, how crazy it would be to be an astronaut, go into space, but to come back. And what is your life like after that? Because like nothing will ever compare to that time in your life that you were orbiting the earth. Not many people can say that. And so the wasp, you know, like, you know, not many people did believe it. Not many people knew about it. Like we don't have internet the way we did, you know, then. And so, you know, it's like these female pilots were doing all of these things. And I think I read something where, you know, um, was it the B, uh, I'm really terrible with like the names, like the B-16 and the B whatever. B-17? Yeah. So there were two aircraft or maybe all of them, but they literally put women in them to show the men like, Oh, if a woman can fly it, you can fly it. They're, they're safe. Yeah. Because some of them men were really scared. A lot of these aircraft were having accidents and things. Yeah. And these were newer aircraft and, you know, not really proven and they had had a lot of accidents. And so they literally put women in these aircraft to show the men well, if a woman can do it, somewhat, can't. yeah. Well, don't, hey, if this woman can do it, then you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the stuff that it's, it's just like, how did we come up as a society like this, or how did people not know that these were women flying these aircraft all over? Because they did, I think it was like ninety million miles or something. Oh, I mean, it was crazy, incredible that they flew and ferried you know, aircraft around and moved everything. And that freed up, 
you know, like a thousand men to be overseas instead of, and they didn't, I don't, I don't know when the first woman to be able to like fly into combat was. Do you, do you know anything? I don't know. I don't know. That'd be a good trivia question on one of our live events, wouldn't it? Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you might want to go look that up. Yeah. (laughs) Let us know. I'm going to Google it when we get off. Yeah. It's just like the history. And to me, it kind of seems surreal to think that this was in our life. Well, it wasn't in our lifetime, but in their lifetime that this much has changed. Like it kind of makes me wonder, like in our lifetime, what are we going to look back and. Well, I kind of wonder, what do we not know? Because I didn't like right. we never taught that in history. And right. it's There's like, okay, what else did we not learn that we're going to find out about? Well, I mean, I know we're different, very different, Natalie, but let's think back to Alyssa in high school. And, you know, I'm kind of a free spirit now. Like, I'm pretty sure I never listened in history class to begin with, but I know they didn't talk about this because I might have been interested. Right. That so, might have been like, what? What? Not yeah. only did I miss the boring stuff, I'm also missing the stuff that they didn't ever talk about. Yeah. So is this in the history books? Like, you know, it. I think now you know, people are talking about because I think there's more and more female aviators and, you know, this day and age, there's so much female empowerment and things. And I think, you know, but, but what is there that we're not knowing from our history and all? Yeah. But then think about the internet. I mean, how much access we have to information now you put in female pilots and I mean, there's just a ton of information you couldn't like pull out. Of, all we have were books, you know, like that's what you were limited to. Encyclopedias. Do people, do they have those anymore? I don't know. But I mean, they, they would even, they would get dated so quickly, you know? Right. I remember like if you were wealthy, you had an encyclopedia <clears throat> collection, yeah. but they did get outdated very quickly. But now that the internet is a thing, like I, I wonder. I guess that's Wikipedia, right? That's yeah, what it is now. The online encyclopedia. I, I don't trust that all the time, though. So. No, I mean, you can always find uh, something to support your belief. You know, always. True. It's like no one's wrong yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, absolutely. There's always somebody to side with you on yeah. or have the yeah. documentation that proves it wrong or, you know, it's like. I think our history of these type of things need to be very prevalent, especially in a changing world with women empowerment and all these things that are happening right now. I think those are things we should really talk about in school. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I can't say, okay, so me in high school, I did not go to high school for learning. I went to high school to hang out with my friends. <laughs> it was a totally social hour, girl. I went at like 7 a.m. and I was like, you know, because it didn't start till 8.20, but I went at 7, and I lived a block from the high school because I was like, I'm going to go talk to all my friends. Right, um, and each bell would mean a different group of friends. Exactly, you know? and I was in all the sports, all the activities. You know, I think that was partially because my mom tried to keep me out of trouble, and if I was busy, I was less likely to do that. But, you know, I wasn't, you know, the A student, but I think if – if somebody would have given me the opportunity to say, Hey, you can learn how to fly or, Hey, you can do anything uh, with your life. I think I would have been more apt to fall into some category of like actually being interested in school. And that's what I, I I really like about 
being not in the spotlight, but kind of influencing or I, I want to give back to help people find those things before they're. What was your high school like? Because you, you lived in a small town, right? I did. I graduated a class of 60 people. Wow. Yeah. So imagine growing up with the same 60 people. Well, even smaller than that, because our high school was like kind of like four towns or five towns combined. Yeah. We had an elementary in Whitehall and an elementary in Roothouse. And then our junior high and high school went together. Yeah. So growing up, we were only with maybe 30 kids. And then it dwindled down, you know, and then we yeah. combined a junior high. Yeah. Yeah. Mine did that, too, because I lived in a small town and we had uh, various elementary schools like and then the yeah. county came yeah. together. Yeah. Dixie County yeah. High School was where it all came together. And that's cool. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we did not have, you know, all the things that people have today to do. I mean, there just wasn't that many activities after school, really, you know, to do in a small town. So, you know, they have like art classes. I mean, kids have so much stuff to do these days. Right. It just wasn't that way before. No. Um, we were so, so thinking about our small towns and thinking about like what Aaron did for the wasp, what do you think? I don't know. I always think like, what can we do for our community? What can we do to give back? What can we do to make a difference? Well, you still live near your small town. I don't. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, all small t- towns are the same, Natalie. I mean. I know. But the, like. And I still have family there. Like, I still have a lot of family. That's why when I fly back and forth to Tennessee, yeah, yeah. I'm going to visit family in Tennessee that's still there. Um, I don't know. My hope is, you know, through, I would say most of my small town connections are on Facebook. And my hope would be, you know, they see kind of what I'm doing and it kind of motivates them somewhat to, and, and you know, I'm always, I was down there actually this this past weekend and offering some flights to a couple of cousins of mine and I'm always wanting to expose them to that you know they don't there's not a whole lot of opportunities there unless you drive to a big city about an hour away and that's where I started flying I mean that's where my uncle lived in in this little airport right there municipal airport and so whenever I'm there I try my best to try to take someone flying. You never know what's going to happen. You know, I actually today was going to post a picture on our social media of like me taking somebody flying, because I think that's like the biggest thing I was talking to um, Taz when we were in um, Vegas flying that, you know, I think all of us have this commonality that we want to take somebody like, instead of going flying by ourselves, most of the time we're like, Hey, you want to come? Hey, we'll take you. Hey, we'll take you. Because we love it so much. We want to just like give somebody like an IV with uh, <laughs> like get the aviation in your blood, you know, it's, but just experiencing that and giving someone else the opportunity to see that. And yeah, I think it's really cool. It's like powerful to have knowledge about something that not many people do right. and to pass it along. Like, why does this airplane fly? Well, this is why it happens. I mean, you know, and to then to actually fly with them where it all kind of like comes together. I don't know where it can, they can really get it and feel somewhat empowered. And then maybe they want to share that information, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I took this girl flying to, and we went hiking a week or so ago 
And she was asking all these questions and like how it all works. And, you know, she's like, how are you steering like on the ground? Cause I wasn't like even touching the. Oh, the, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, it's my seat, you know, cause I'm like messing with radios and like taxiing and, you know, just kind of going through my flow as we're taxiing and yeah, then yeah. I'll do my run up, you know, closer. But, um, she was just so intrigued by it. And Hi, it's Chuck from Soaring the Sky, a glider pilot's podcast. Join us each week as we talk to glider pilots from all over the world as they share their story and their adventures in the air. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. I hope you join us soon on Soaring the Sky. I think for me, I love flying people that have no clue about aviation because I can tell them anything and they believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you have no, you, you don't have to feel like, pressure. Like if I'm like, Oh, Natalie, look at this, you know, flux capacitor over here, you know, like (laughs) you're like, uh, are you insane? That's not how that works. Right. Like, but you know, it's just like, there's no fear of judgment or there's no, you know, and it's like, I kind of like that. And I I just like to kind of just give them like a little bit of just a push into something. And it doesn't have to be aviation for me. It's like, I just want people to know that like there's other things out there and like with the wasp, I had no idea that, you know, I I knew that they had existed, but I didn't really know how they all paved the way and that they had to pay their own way to, you know, get there, which I think she said was like $40, which seems insane now, but I, I know people that have said, oh yeah, I paid $6 for, you know, flight lessons and my instructor per hour. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was a lot of money then, you know, that was Um, a lot of money in comparison. Cause I mean, I remember my parents telling me they bought our house for like $2,000 and I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't even buy a van that I want to live in right now for $2,000. Like, you know, it's just insane to me. Like the differences and how things have, you know, changed. So I did want to talk about, so I was thinking about, I was getting ready to do this podcast and I was thinking about Aaron and um, it's kind of going down. I'd mentioned down memory lane a little bit. I met Aaron the same year I met you um, at Oshkosh. At Oshkosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 2018 Oshkosh. Yes. She had one, she was one of the first people to wear a fly girl tee. Mm -hmm. She had the light blue one. You had the light blue one too, right? I had the light blue one. I actually love I don't know that fit of shirt. Like I just love it. The V uh, yeah, it's just perfect. Uh, I met her through lunar. She showed me this tattoo on her arm and she started, she was in front of a Mustang uh, taking a picture. It was so interesting because I was like, that was kind of like the first air show when I was selling products and seeing people wear my products. And, you know, I was, I didn't have to take selfies. I could actually have pictures of other people wearing the stuff. Right. That was so cool. That kind of a cool feeling, yeah. Yeah, and I met her and I heard she'd written this book, and I was like, oh, oh, gee, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna see her a lot. I probably need to read her book so I can like have a conversation with her. Yeah, it's kind of like educate yourself a little bit, right? So that you don't just sound like, uh, <laughs> right. And so I read the book, and it's, you know, um, 
I was, I've read a lot of books and uh, people are always recommending books. And sometimes I kind of dread it because I'm like, oh gosh, I got to read another book. But her book was interesting in a way that, you know, it wasn't just a story because like each chapter, one chapter would be kind of about her grandmother, kind of about her grandmother's experience flying. And then it would go into her relationship with her grandmother and then the law and kind of the whole law making process and a little bit about Aaron's personal life all mixed in. I mean, she did a really good job with that. Um, and it was interesting, like, because I always think, what? I wish my grandmother had been a wasp, you know? <laughs> It'd be so cool. I, I have those thoughts about everything in life. I'm like, oh, well, this person has this in their life, or this person has this, or, you know, but I think we're all unique. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I would just love to have picked her brain. And I'm sure Erin now, knowing all that she's learned through the process, would be like, oh, I wish I could have talked to her more about this or about this. And, you know, flying, I'm I'm nervous about getting in my RV-8A. I can't imagine getting into, was it the, was one of the planes where there was just one pilot. So to do your checkout ride, you were solo. Right. In one of these massive, you know, airplanes that it would just be so scary and intimidating, but you couldn't act like that probably, or they would get rid yeah. of you. Absolutely. You know? And it was, you know, and I think, you know, it was all men training them and it was all, you know, and so the wasp had each other, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, when they were training, you know, I've, I've read a few books that, you know, they're talking about bunking together and, you know, and there were rivalries, which women are always going to have rivalries just because of envy and, you know, jealousy and wanting to be better and insecurities, insecurities and wanting to make it. And and I think, you know, it's it's just insane what they probably went through as far as, you know, living in those quarters or, you know, when they did like disperse them into, you know, different places, there'd be one or two women and they would be in their own little bunkhouse by themselves and so secluded, but they'd be flying so much. And I, I think one of the books had talked about how, you know, she just like constantly would take the next flight because she's like, I didn't want to be there and like ridiculed. And she's like in the air, nobody could tell that I was a female. And that's so true. You know, it's like these uh, instructors, you know, would train them and knew that they could fly, but they would still ridicule them and, you know, kind of yeah. because they were women or. Right. I do wonder, because, you know, I read some, too, where some of the men actually would sabotage some of the planes. The women Absolutely, were. Yeah. And. And, and you I've, think, why? Like, and even today, we have people that do things like that. Yeah. And you think, why are people like that? Why are humans like that? So well, scared. They, they had women flying target airplanes that would have banners behind them so that they could practice target shooting airplanes down. Like, how freaking crazy is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. do, do you think their parents knew that they were flying these airplanes and people were shooting at them? And and there would be literally men that were expert marksmen and they would shoot the airplanes on purpose to Isn't that you're crazy? And yeah. I, I'm like, I would literally like come around and like buzz them and just like cut their hair yeah. with my prop or something. Like I it's just I know people can be so mean sometimes when they're scared, I guess, of, of um, being shoved out of their position or something. They can just do terrible things. Absolutely. And I think, 
you know, I think it's more of a movement like that there's room for everybody, that there's, you know, women can empower women and not just be completely like who made us plot against each other? Like who started this? You know, it's like, I don't know. There's something hardwired in our, in us that makes some, some kind of competitive, something comes out where we feel like to protect ourselves, we have to attack others or something and mostly fear. Like I always feel like people act out of fear a lot, fear of losing something, fear of something happening to them that they kind of try to protect themselves in a way that hurts other people. I don't know. It's crazy, but uh, I do think, you know, if we can recognize those, those things and, and, and people, maybe you would be a little bit kinder to one another. If you know, if you you know, you said, so, let's say, for example, you said something um, that I was hurtful to me. Then if I would just reframe it and think, well, she's probably maybe saying that because she's feeling a little bit insecure about something. And it's not necessarily that she wants to hurt me, you know? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's a lot of it. And it's just miscommunication and yeah. misunderstanding. And, and I, I've gone through that for sure. But I just think that we as women, we have to be better, we have to stand by each other. And, you know, just be, you know, in the circumstances of the wasp, you know, it's like, you know, they had to bond together at some point to be strong, to get through what they were going through. And, they were doing something they loved. And so I think I feel that with my aviation community and the females, I mean, for the most part, everybody is very building of each other. I mean, we all, uh, there's jealousy, you know, I'm sitting over here like Natalie got a new plane and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get to fly in it next weekend. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, but it's, yeah, it's, you know, you have to take a step back and like realize what we're doing and being destructive is not going to get us any further in aviation or, you know, as a whole, you know, if female aviators are fighting, they're not standing together. So I think we all have to join forces. We're not helping anybody, even yourself. Cause I think, I think when you talk poorly of people, you look so much worse, you know, to someone without even realizing it and that person might not even realize it until later but they're gonna be like oh she was very negative or she was very you know so it's like just build each other up and be the happy person and even when we don't want to be happy you know right (laughs) and none of us want to be happy all the time sometimes I don't want to be happy sometimes I'm just miserable and I don't want to act miserable and just lay on my couch all day that's okay society you know I know this from having a really strong mother. I never grew up seeing my mom cry or seeing my mom upset. And I think because of that, I am like this strong woman and I will not, I remember it's going to make me cry thinking about it. I remember being at my, my grandma's funeral and thinking like, you cannot cry in front of people. You cannot be sad. You cannot show your, you know, weakness because like my mom wasn't a weak person. So it was like, you don't have the right to be sad. Like, don't be sad. And so now I'm like, I'm an emotional mess most of the time, but people see the positive side because I'm always showing that. And I think you get to choose, you know, what you show people 
but just don't show them your ugly side, you know, not, yeah. not your upset side. Everybody has the right to be down, be upset. I mean, the world gets everybody down at times for sure. But I think just we were raised to be strong women and not show those things because we were supposed to be X, Y, Z, you know, right. we're not always yeah. delicate flowers and we don't want people to think we're always delicate flowers, emotional basket cases, but yeah. we are. <laughs> somebody somebody the other day we were I was this coffee roasting company I'm friends with he told me that I had no feelings now keep in mind that he's he's Honduran and like the language kind of I mean he's he speaks English and everything but um you know how there's some kind of barriers and he's like Alyssa you just have no feelings and I think what he meant to say was like you you have no bad feelings like you're always positive you're always good and he's like well you're never negative and you're never and I was like oh honey you don't know me I was like yeah. I'm crying on the couch every night you know so yeah. like, but, wow. that's you such know. a hard thing because I mean you and I've talked about this a lot like on it's funny because I think I posted a selfie recently and I was when I posted I thought if the people knew that I had been crying just a few minutes before that you know, but you're not gonna. I like. I don't want people to see me crying and taking a picture of that. But there's a. I don't know how to balance right. your real life with being positive. You know. Yeah. So so my thing is is like be po- be outwardly positive. You know, give the good quotes. Don't be so negative and like, you know, f the world. You know, kind of thing. Say you know, be outwardly shining, but. You know, the people that really know you know your struggles and know those things, but you can confide in them about it. And I think social media has given everybody in the world this idea that everyone is perfect and that, you know, everybody's like, oh, I want Natalie's life or, oh, I want Alyssa's life or, oh, I want somebody else's life. Of course, everybody's going to be envious of something, but the grass is always greener or whatever they think. Yeah, but it's not. We both know that is the truth. And, um, you know, it's like, I want people to know that my truth is not me smiling every day, but I'm also not going to post pictures of me crying and, and, you know, in a ball on the couch, like, because I, I want to breathe life into the air and not negative, you know, so it, it is hard balance to find. Um, but I think it's just letting those people know that you're real and authentic and not putting on a facade just to smile and be, you know, cause I think there's a lot of like book authors and things that are like, Oh, you know, they're writing about marriage and they're writing about all these things and everything's hunky dory. And then they get a divorce and it's like, boom, real life happens. And then they have to talk about that. It's, right. it's like, you should be talking real authenticity beforehand and and not just like oh my life's great everything's perfect and then boom it changes you know it's, it's yeah just that's balance. hard to do on an Instagram photo though you know it's just a photo so how you know right. it, I put a lot of quotes that are like yeah. speaking to me at the time yeah and like today I had posted something and it was like you know um, let them gossip let them yeah. talk let them you know be whatever. But you be authentic. You be the person that you need to be for yourself, you know. And so, I mean, I, I try to do stuff like that because, you know, that kind of speaks to people because it's saying, like, 
everything is perfect. It's not like, right. oh, I'm flying all the planes and I'm so happy all the time. You know. Right. But right. I think this is like a a good episode for like women being better and women being better to each other and the wasp sticking the wasp sticking um yeah the wasp <laughs> it's so easy it's like hard to not say the wasp it is i know um but i know aaron would kill me so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i know i think you know i guess we could we could wrap it up because that's kind of the the yeah. theme i guess when the the wasp probably went to to train i'm sure there was a lot of competitiveness and and, but it turned out like Erin had said she met some of the other women that weren't even in her class the grandmother met some women that weren't even in her class and they instantly bonded because they were going through it all together and you you had to just let your walls down and be real to get through it absolutely and yeah and even though they had to be so strong you also have to let those walls down sometimes and you know be true to yourself and you know, as women be, you know, in order to make it like the greatest experience. Yeah. You want want every, every experience to teach you something and make you a better person. Hopefully, you know, that's my goal, you know, um, no matter if it's a good experience with someone or bad, hopefully I'll learn something. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a list of other, sorry, you know, when you, when I talk, I can't hear you talking. I just see your mouth move. So I never know until after you started talking that you're talking. So it seems like I'm interrupting you, but I really don't know that you're talking just so you know. <laughs> so maybe you should hold your finger up <laughs> when you're getting ready to talk. May I speak? <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to me. This is Cockpits and Cocktails with uh, follow-up Aaron Miller. If you guys haven't listened to that, you should have probably already done that. Go subscribe, then listen to this again, and then you'll maybe get a little more enlightenment. But thanks for tuning in, and check us next time on all the things. Right. We'll see you soon. That's right. Cheers. Cheers. Spread around in my brain like a social disease driving. You think it's just